Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Money is so spiritual that people are going to hell over it. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. We are helping believers live kingdom truth in the context of everyday life and their local church. We've been talking from my book, Core Culture, about the understanding of God's game plan regarding generosity and that we would not just be legalistic givers, but givers who operate by revelation and get excited about giving. I want to start by quoting the famous verse that Jesus said, Matthew 6.21, where a man's treasure is, his heart will be also. Jesus said that. Jesus said, our heart can be adjusted by our treasure. That's why when you're growing in God, God is always going to mess with your treasure. He's just going to do it because you know what? It's not yours. The title of chapter three is God is after your heart. Your money is already his. So the first thing we have to understand is it's not mine. It's his. God, what do you want me to do? We say, oh, this is a blessing of God and this belongs to God. So then our response should be, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do with my money? What do you want me to do with my talent? What do you want me to do with my time? And in context, mine means yours, right? Because it's really not ours. It does not belong to ours. It's a blessing from the Lord. So there's some points I want to point out here. Because remember the scenario, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church that is very worldly, probably very affluent, more than the other churches, certainly, and he's dealing with them about money. I believe what he's trying to do is drive the world out of them. If you take a carnal believer, one of the best things you can do to disciple them is to bring them into agreement with God and how God wants to deal with with money and finance. That's why tithing is so important. It's giving God not just a fixed percentage, but it's giving him the the first 10%, okay? And I believe if we'll do that and then open our heart to the Lord, that will drive the world out of us. That will begin to affect our materialistic passions and desires and things that like that, so we're not controlled by that. And that's really what God is after, because then we can actually enjoy what we have, whether it's little by world standards or whether it's much by world standards. And you know, there are people around you who have much who aren't or not enjoying it, and there are people around you that don't have a lot, and they are enjoying it. And those people have one thing in common when they're enjoying things, and that's that they are satisfied in that they're giving God their best, and they're able to enjoy them what the Lord has put in their pocket for them to use. I believe giving is one of the tools God uses to drive the world out of us and drive the world out of the church. You know, Christianity from day one has been the greatest motivator, the greatest driver of generosity across the board in all the world. There are no, There is no organization, there's no philosophy, there's no need, there's no group that generates generosity like Christianity does. And we have the history of 
hospitals and orphanages and educational institutions uh, and humanitarian institutions like nobody else has. You know, I remember when I first started going into the Soviet Union back in the early 80s when it was still a communist country, it was still the Soviet Union, very much a, a, a socialist, communist, you know, a regime where there was no incentive as far as, uh, you know, finances were concerned. They did not comprehend generosity at all. When we told them about how our churches gave, now remember, we're not talking about the volumes of money here. Just the thought that everybody in a church, in a covenant relationship with that church, would be equally committed to giving no matter what their certain incomes were, that blew their mind. The thought of them, even with highly committed people, uh, giving of their finances was something they were not used to and they're still catching up on because it takes you know, a generation. It's only been uh, 30, 32, 33 years for most of those Soviet bloc countries They've experienced freedom. And so that's not even a whole generation that they're catching up on this whole thing of generosity, the freedom we have to give. And, uh, you know, America's done a lot of bad things. The church has certainly been, uh, oh, I I would say an embarrassment at some point on the way money has been talked about. And, you know, certain people in the body of Christ uh, have misrepresented uh, financial understanding. But in spite of that, even in spite of that, that's the counterfeit. There is a generosity in churches across, you know, the United States and across other countries as well that is really supernatural And it's something that we really have as a legacy from the New Testament and what we were taught about giving, not as an obligation, but the privilege of co-laboring. You know, the Corinthian church was, you know, they were a worldly church. They had a lot of battles going on. They did not have a great, you know, Jewish history. The fear of God was not something they necessarily understood But it's interesting that it's the Corinthian church, above all the churches, that gets the money talk. And and I believe that is true. If I I was invited to go into a church that really was having division and really was having trouble finding their way, you know what I would do? I would do a series on biblical finance because that's how you deal with people's hearts. And that's what will separate the pretenders from the real followers of Christ. I believe that. And 2 Corinthians 8 said, you know, show me your love by your offering. That's what the Apostle Paul said. I didn't say that. The Word of God says that. So so giving is definitely a metric. It is definitely a, a uh, way that we uh, measure our commitment to the Lord. Not the volume of it, but the peace of it. Because remember, Jesus blessed the widow who gave just that little bit of money. We talked about that already. Uh, and of course, one of the things we've got to conquer just is this hyper-spirituality of, oh, money's not important. When somebody says that, I guarantee you, they do not understand biblical finance. They do not understand biblical giving. Money is critical. Everybody thinks about money every day. 
and God's word shows us how to use money and what we should do with the money that we have. So money is very important. We'd be the only organization, the only institution, the only movement, the only truth preachers that that would dare say such something that is that is inaccurate. No other organization, you know, if, if you went into you know somebody's workplace, oh, money isn't important. You went into some store, oh, money isn't important. Well, try to buy something and find out how important money is. You know, that's just spiritual nonsense, quite frankly. And it's and I believe it's just designed to keep people mystified and not get any real spiritual traction. So money is very important. And it's important that we follow God's dictates on what to do with that money. That we do not think that it's ours and that we can do whatever we want with it. But we follow hard after the Lord. Money is spiritual. Money, think about it. The root of evil, of all sorts of evil, the Bible says, is the love of money. So if I honor money and I honor what God tells me to do with money, I will not have a misaffection for money. Money is so spiritual that people are going to hell over it. I want you to think about it. Money is so spiritual that we're going to help some people go to heaven with it. We're going to take what we have and we're going to invest it. So money is a very spiritual. Don't let anybody ever tell you that money isn't spiritual. Money is one of the most spiritual things that you will physically touch on this planet while you are here. Its ability to trade and affect people's lives is 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 absolutely amazing and that God has put that resource in our hand and that we ought to use it for that very purpose to establish the kingdom to affect people's lives. Money is spiritual, and we should never be ashamed to talk about it, to preach from the scriptures. That's why I wrote this book, because I wanted people to see how fun it is, if I could use that word, how liberating it is, if we could just understand a little bit of how God looks at the resources he's trusted to us. If you haven't gotten the book, I'd encourage you to get and go to the NRP webpage, uh, nrpastors.com. And uh, you can find there in order the book and get it. We're going to keep going over some of these things because I, I believe they're they're so life giving. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Be a good steward. Make the devil nervous. Be a generous giver. Tell the world by your faith in God that you are dependent on Him and trusting Him in everything you're doing. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Giving is one of the tools that God uses to drive the world out of us. Our money is not ours. It's His. Therefore, what we do with it is up to Him. You can order Pastor Keith's latest book, Core Culture, The Tremendous Strategy of Generosity That Launched the Church, by visiting nrpastors.com backslash core culture. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. 
If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.